This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again on Old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. Got to get up. Got to go get get a get a get a getting out there where folks are standing around waiting for the Old Trailblazer. And so we're back, bringing you these messages that we began, and you've heard just a couple of couple of weeks of them on the home uh, for several weeks now. We're looking first at the first home. We we still be there today. And then the man, the head of the home, the woman, the queen of the home, children, the heritage of the Lord, the home and family altar, the home and marriage, the home and Bible and divorce and just related subjects. And there's so much now that's on our hearts and on our minds. But Pastor Shelton was our founder and pastor here for many, many years ago. And he, he brought a series of messages on the home back in 1952. And uh, I take his notes and glean from them and, and uh, use them as material. And I hope you don't mind that. Folks don't. And, uh, but I learned so much from Pastor Shelton. He was a great teacher and a great preacher and uh, just, just a great individual. And uh, folks think sometimes that I complain about being criticized a little and called an old kook. Oh, it wasn't nothing to compare with what folks thought of him. And they criticized him because of the gospel's sake. That's the only reason folks criticize. Because of the gospel sake. I read a couple of letters on Fellowship Day that folks had written me complimenting the ministry here and telling us how much they appreciated the, the old-time, old-fashioned gospel ministry and how that we are true to the soul. And people, people appreciate that. And uh, I read those letters to our congregation, a part of them, so that they could see what people write in here and tell us. And I, I didn't take with me the same day I got those two letters, emails, I got a, a card from a woman up in Pennsylvania, and she said I was a predator. I was an old predator, old old predator, and that uh, I was taking people's money out of, out of hand, and that if it was any justice in the land, I'd be in jail. So I got a kind of a kick out of it. I wrote her back, and I said, my friend, my lady friend, you don't know the old trailblazer. You've never met me. You just heard a little something maybe I said that got under your old hide, and uh, I wish you'd pray for me. You know what? You can't criticize somebody and pray for them at the same time. You pray for the old trailblazer in your prayers whenever you have your prayer time, uh, whether it's morning, noon, or night, Sunday evening, Sunday night at, at church. If you just ask your prayer leader, let's all pray for the old trailblazer. You cannot criticize someone, your pastor or some leader, song leader. You can't criticize them and pray for them. When you kneel down to pray, if you do that, you don't have to do that. But when you go to prayer and the first thing out of your mouth, pray for your pastor, pray for your, your song leader, pray for your youth leader. And, and you, you cannot do that if you just got through criticizing them. You can't do it. I guarantee you. I, I, I challenge you. You can't do it. But my friend, would you pray for the old trailblazer? I can tell when folks are praying for me. I can tell by their letters. I can tell by their phone calls. I can. I just got a phone call a minute ago from a young woman whom the Lord had just saved. And she has a son now that's uh, a young young man that's married and got a small child and having to go to court to make him pay for child support and all that. And I told her, I said, well, my dear, uh, impress upon him. He's a young man, probably uh, not, not old enough to be married, not old enough to have a child, not responsible. I told her, I said, lay the claims of Christ on his heart that he's responsible for that child. Now, I'm not going to, that's not my message for today, but I am going to touch on it a little bit. I believe that deadbeat dads 
here once in a while they put a list of them in the in the morning paper. I believe they ought to put their pictures on the front page. I know there's circumstances. I know there's all sorts of things, but I know there's deadbeat dads on every corner that they they some of them they never marry. They just get shack up and have a child and then abandon that child and never see about it and uh, never buy a buy a, a a bottle of milk or a diaper bag or none of those things and they proud around i think they ought to be uh maybe be hung sometime i do my friend i don't have no time old triple to get all riled up this morning but i don't want to do that i want to go back and i want to refresh your memory a little bit your mind your heart maybe you was on hadn't wasn't able to hear these earlier broadcasts but i want to i want to just start over again sort of and the home is the oldest institution established by the lord the home you see how important the home is it's older than the human government it's older than the church. And the home is a foundation of the church, foundation of our government, of our way of living. And, and we want to look uh, at those in our first study or two, uh, looking at the first home, our first home. Oh, we want to look at it from God's establishing the home, Satan wrecking the home, and then God's grace restoring the home. That's what we're going to, I might be touching on something I already spoke of, but it won't hurt you, will it? may do you good and help you too. But let's, let's look. Let's get a picture of a Jehovah God establishing the home. In Genesis 1-1, we read the story of the first creation, stated in these words, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This was a perfect creation. From all accounts, this earth in its original creation was Satan's throne who was known as Lucifer, the morning star, the anointed cherubim, the one who led the worship of the universe, and the guardian angel of the throne of God. And in the 14th chapter of Isaiah, if you go there and read it, we mentioned it in a study or two before, that you will find the story there of Lucifer's fall. He aspired to become God. And as a result, and, and in his rebellion, God cast him out of his presence. When judgment fell upon Lucifer, or old Satan, the anointed cherubim. Judgment fell upon this earth, which was his throne. Genesis 1-2 tells the story of this judgment. And the earth was or became without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. This earth became one waste and was submerged in waters and covered or shrouded. Oh, my friend, go there and read Jeremiah 4-23. Isaiah 24 and Isaiah 45. Then in Genesis 1, 3 through 25, we find the story there of God restoring this earth, which is one of the most fascinating stories I have ever read. I've told you many, many times that I was not born in a religious home. I had no religious training as a child coming up. But I read this story now after the Lord dealt with my heart and saved me and gave me a little bit of knowledge. I read this story. It's a story. It's authentic. Although these modern evolutionary infidels uh, have tried their best through the centuries to blast uh, this citadel of truth, and it's still there. This whole story of the beginning of earth bears a stamp of God's creative power. And I believe it, and I know it's true. It's just like the Bible. It's God's word, whether you believe it or not. The Bible is not to be debated and discussed or whether it's true or not. Well, I don't know for how much of the Bible you can believe, my friend. You can believe every bit of it. 
You can believe every bit of it. It's all, I told my folks Sunday, it's the only thing we have, it's the only evidence we have that there is a God and that there is a salvation available is found in the holy book, my friend. Oh, believe it and be saved and disbelieve it and be lost. Brother, as I come into contact with these, as I hear these modernists and evolutionists all over this country today, it's so prevalent when these broadcasts are being made and I look upon the, our country here, how we've degenerated from the old-time, old-fashioned. My friend, we, we just got in the way. I was, I was so blessed being born back there. In the, in the late in the early 30s and late 20s and the, when things were so far different from today and I was not religious I've told you that many times but I do remember the old-fashioned people the old-fashioned homes that that we visited my mother and dad visited friends and and relatives in the old-fashioned home where there was respect for the gospel, where there was respect for the pastor, there was respect for the Bible, and every home in, in that time, uh, they, they, they respected God's word, and the, the things that have changed so much now, back then was long before the, the modernism crept in, long before the television was invaded our homes, long before many of our preachers uh, in the pulpit I went there without any any knowledge of how how the Lord saves a sinner. I was born back there long before that, and the pastors and preachers was true to the souls of men. I remember the brush arbors and the little old tents out there in the country in the woods on the side of the road where there'd be eight or ten families come together and have church, and the pastor would be true to their soul. I remember those things, and I, I grieve over what we have now. These modernists, not only modern in theology, modern in their way of living, but modern in their in their walk and their talk, and they they just don't honor the Lord, my friend. I think of that scripture often. It says, "Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." And I find now that there's hardly any truth being preached. I know that we live in a religious world as a church on every corner. I do. I know that, my friend. I was up in Alabama one time, a little old town, and uh, had some friends live there. And I drove through town, the main street, and they had a church on four corners. Every corner had a church on it. They had a hard-shell Baptist, free-will Baptist, missionary Baptist, and uh, some other one, Presbyterian. On, on just four corners, my friend. But there's only one church, and that's the church of the living God. I don't I don't have much time for folks tell me, well, I'm a Baptist. I've been a Baptist all my life. I've been a Methodist all my life. It don't mean nothing, my friend. But the old trailblazer gets all riled up because I see the tragedy of what's happening today, not only in our churches, in our families, in, in our homes, and we're going to get into that. And I ask you to stay with me. Don't Don't run off and leave me. And then help me with the broadcast a little if you can. And you pray for me. And then you write me. Sit down and write me and tell me how it is in, in your home, how you were brought up and what, what the Lord has done for you and how much you appreciate that. Pray for me day by day that the Lord will give me words to say that will be effectual. Do you know that words are not effectual unless they're accompanied by the Holy Spirit? And that's what I tell folks by missing the services it, on Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning. There may be the time when the Holy Spirit comes by and makes the word effectual to your heart. But the old trailblazers are going to be true to your soul whether you like it or not. And then let me ask you, if you would, uh, mentioned in our last study that we have Pastor Shelton's booklets here, about five or 600 messages that he brought over his lifetime. We put them in print. 
and we give them out. We print them out. We have our own printing press. We print over half a million of them a year. We send them all over the world, folks that write us, and they're used for, for evangelizing, evangelistic work. Pastors write us for them, and, and they, they use pastors. I know pastors that use it. Pastor Shelton's messages almost verbatim, and that's fine. I'm happy. I'm glad they do. And uh, But if you'd write me, I'll send you a pack of those to give out to your doctor's office, the drugstore, wherever you can. But remember, the old Trailblazer's address, the old Trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you. If you missed part of today's broadcast or would like a recording, the Old Trailblazer broadcast is now available for download to your phone, to your iPad or computer via podcast. Find out more about our podcast by visiting our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org.